Well, hopefully now I don't break my legs when jumping after heretics off of buildings or onto a spacecraft or off of spacecraft. Or into spacecraft. <laughs> will not be joining us today but everybody else is here Ketho is going to be going and doing whatever Ketho is doing it's going to involve shopping for masks among other things because those are going to be nice for you guys to have so he's taking care of that part while um, you guys do the uh, investigating actually can I just hand him an extremely lengthy shopping list of all the parts I need to make mine <laughs> I'm sure you could have done that before you left okay <laughs> so you, you gave him very specific instructions on how many screws of what size to get and so on and so forth he's just gonna go into the shop and like hand it to the shopkeeper I bet. it's vitally important you get tungsten 46 do not get tungsten 47 that oloi is awful and should not be used <laughs> yeah it is and Kepa's just scratches his head like what okay it's from last time we uh, had a uh, revelation-filled meeting as Ketho and Martin went down with Natalie to tour all the reactor rooms, found out a number of things. She um, had been in contact with the previous acolytes yeah. and actually cooperated with them in their investigation, and she was investigating the same faceless trade people. She was also very concerned about Ophelia. They were both close and were working with the previous batch of acolytes who were missing. Meanwhile, while you guys were doing that, Zarkov borrowed a grav chute from a hangar and rode it down the side of the hive. <laughs> As he was cruising along, he found some people who were most likely just delivery people on an innocent mission to bring milk to uh, homeless settlers either that or they're heretics we're not quite sure which <laughs> we'll find but, out soon yes. Kill them let the emperor sort them out later <laughs> but he's found them and that is where we're going to resume right now with zarkov on a rocky slope peering over the top at a pair of dudes they're wearing like gray coats that look kind of like rain ponchos they've got a little like cargo trike next to them and it's got a crate already attached to the back of it and they're um, fastening another crate to the back of it as you look on okay is there any way that i'd be able to sneak closer and see the contents of the crate or just over here if they're having any conversation you're currently about 40 meters away so it's very difficult to hear what they're saying but you can sneak a bit closer i think i'll do that all right See if I can gather some intelligence before I kill some innocent cabbage farmers. <laughs> My <laughs> cabbages! Plasma farmers. <laughs> um, Alright, so stealth roll. Any um, pluses, mm -hmm. minuses? I know my stomachers are uh, out of battery. Minus 10 because of the rocky slope, which you can easily knock some pebbles loose. But uh, plus 10 because you got partial cover, so net nothing. Sounds good. No, that's bad. How bad? 
Uh, Not terrible, but could be bad. First thing I do, I fail. <laughs> well, they failed a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Luck is on my side. <laughs> Ineptitude yeah. all around. You creep closer. At one point, your foot slips and sends a bit of scree tumbling down, but the uh, two people packing up the crate are so engrossed in their conversation that they don't notice you. Sweet. So you... Yeah. You get closer. Um, make a um awareness test now. See what you okay. can overhear. Alternatively, you can try to get even closer. How close am I right now? Right now, you're like twenty meters away. There is a larger boulder some distance ahead of you that, if you're quick, you might be able to dash behind. But you're pretty close to them right now. Yeah, why not? I'll try to get a little closer. So should I try another stealth roll before I do awareness? Another stealth roll. Yes. Hmm. Nice. Okay. That's better. You are one with the stones and slide down gracefully behind the boulder. They do not know you're there. Nice. And now you can hear what they're saying pretty clearly. No need for a test. So one of the guys is like, come on, help me with a strap here. And they're uh, getting the crate on. It's like, all right, this is a uh, hot cargo to so make sure you get it. For the gantries, quick, no dallying around. And the oh, guy's no. like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know how this works. And uh, <laughs> guy number one's like, all right, so <clears throat> remember, we're meeting, you know, usual contact meeting in hangar number 17. All right. Hangar number then. 17? Yeah. Send back a report after transactions complete. Plan to meet in uh, three hours. I trust you can get it up to the... Uh, location before then without hassle guy number a is the one who's loading the stuff onto the trike and uh guy number b he's got a motorcycle helmet on presumably the driver <clears throat> so they secure the last crate and guy number a is like mind if i hitch a ride with you back out of here and b is like oh no problem so um guy number a sort of hops onto the back of the trike just interrupt if you want to do something at any point. I'm probably going to take him out. Why not? You've got your auto pistol with you. I don't believe you brought any other firearms. Because uh, I think everything else you have is like a shotgun or a sniper yeah, rifle sniper or something rifle. similarly large. Yeah, I have two auto pistols. Mm-hmm. The guys, um, for armament-wise, um, you can see there's some flak reinforcements underneath their um, rain ponchos. Guy number A has a las gun slung over his back. Guy number B, the pilot, has a holster like right behind his seat that has another las gun in it. Guy number B is buckling himself in, and guy number can I, or, can I get, yeah, they're, they're both on the bike at this point. Yeah, can I get in range of close combat? Uh, what's your charge range? Fifteen. Yes, you're in range, but you're going to have to make an acrobatics check to keep your footing. On the loose ground. Okay. So can I charge the driver of the bike and try to chainsword him? Um, sure, you can. Can I attack with both weapons when doing that, or just one? Just one on a charge. Well, then I'll see what I can do. So, All right, if you're going for it. Okay. So it's um, plus 20 to hit if you're going for that. Yeah, and I have to first make an acrobatics test. Yes. Any plus or minus the acrobatics? Uh, let me just double check. 
Um, okay, that's uh, plus zero. So no penalty. Oh, God. I'm going to fate roll that. <laughs> that was horrifyingly bad. What? Ah, there we go. All right, you passed it. So you vault over the boulder, hit the ground with a roll, and spring up as you draw your chainsword. And the guys just look and um, cry out in alarm as you run forward with the chainsword and slash at the driver. Make your melee attack. Ooh. That is definitely a hit. They have enough time to attempt to dodge because they see you rushing across the rubble towards them. Oh. All right. He um, wheels towards you and sort of leans back in shock, and you just swing your chainsword right <laughs> at him. Um, 41, I think, is a it just gets mincemeated. body hit. So you hit him in the body. Roll your damage. Oh, dear. Oh! Is that Righteous that is, Fury? That is Righteous Fury. Okay, so oh! you raise your sword and just saw him in half. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy losing his shit. Uh, time to roll initiative. Fun times. There goes the party <laughs> subtlety rating. Is that guy actually dead already? Yes. You, you immediately killed him. With um, just regular troop enemies, then Righteous Fury instantly kills them. Yeah. it's uh, I mean, even if the Righteous Fury didn't count, then you'd deal enough damage to kill him anyway. <laughs> so he is very, very dead. Okay, roll your initiative. Yeah, initiative. Nice. All right, so I guess after bisecting his friend, I'll, I'll turn to him to do the same. All right. Actually, another... um, how terrified does this number two guy seem to be? It hasn't quite registered enough for you to tell how terrified he is. He, um, he's just barely processing that his friend is dead. Yeah, he's just minding his own business, doing his work, and then all of a sudden some asshole comes out of nowhere and kills Bob. Can I like hold my chainsaw to his neck and then make a uh, intimidate and be like, if you want to live, tell me all you know. Um, yes. And you get plus 30 to your intimidate. Nice. Should I use my WP or strength? What's better? Uh, strength for this. Right. You're holding a chainsaw in his face. It's about as physical as it gets. Yeah. You um beat him on that. He's like, what, what, what? You see, he was reaching for his las gun, but then he just puts his hands up. He's like, I, what? I don't, what? I don't know what you're talking about. What is this heretical cargo you're delivering? The hangar seventeen. Heretical? Heretical? Who the hell do you think you are? No, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, crap. Did I just kill some innocent farmer? <laughs> you said your cargo was hot. What did you mean by that? He's <laughs> a bakery or something. <laughs> I was going to make a really snarky joke about traveling sriracha sauce merchants, but... Um, <laughs> well, it, uh, uh, I mean, it's it's not it's not stolen. This was acquired through entirely legitimate means. There you go. Open the crates. He's like, okay. Mm -hmm. He opens up one of them. Inside, there's a uh, wide variety of individually wrapped packages. With any labels or anything? Nothing? 
unlabeled. Alright, I tell him to open one. He um, opens one inside. There's ten syringes preloaded with some kind of uh, chemical inside it. Ooh, that seems weird. Like a... um, got legit. A deep sort of garnet red. Not like blood colored, but it's not like the contents of any arbitrator med kit you've seen. Oh, jeez. Hey, once again, explain yourself. What is this? It's, um, it's, it's merchandise. There's, there's an auction an auction during the um, masquerade ball thing that's happening tomorrow. Lots of wealthy clients are bringing some very difficult-to-acquire items. Ah, I see. And maybe these items that are difficult to acquire are difficult to acquire for a reason? Well, they're only difficult to acquire if you don't know the right people. Xenos, hmm. maybe? Xenos? What? No, no, I wouldn't deal with Xenos. Crap, I may have just killed some handsome dude. <laughs> um, uh, okay. He's, like, visibly sweating. Who do you serve? Your answer may yet save your life. Serve? I'm a freelancer. I just acquire stuff. Uh, he's not being entirely truthful. Can I make another, like, is another intimidate, or would I have to interrogate him to get further information out of him? You just, um, snarl and rev your chainsword a bit, and he complies. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, uh, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't know the guy personally, but, um, there's this, uh, this fella always, um, just calls himself Shade. He never comes to me himself, always sends a courier. He's the one who's got all the, um, really hot cargo. All comes in from off world, and I just arrange pickup with um, local guys. They do the transport the rest of the way. So your companion, I gesture towards the mangled remains. <laughs> Another freelancer, a local, as you say. Uh, yeah, we're just um, citizens here who've got tired of scraping out a living through mining or dangerous plasma mechanic work. This job's a lot more profitable. I look at him. And put away my uh, chain sword. You go, if you value your life, you'll help me bury your friend. <laughs> Just nods. <laughs> There's like a little um, small toolbox on the um, the back of the trike. And he's like, they've got an entrenching tool in there. I can use that to dig something for him. I said, get to work. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll help him too. If there's another tool or something. He's just got one. Yeah, and I'll just watch him work. <laughs> All right, so he uh, goes in, pulls out that um, entrenching tool thing. He takes it out, unfolds it, and starts digging into the scree to make a little makeshift hole for his colleague. As he's digging, he just casts a nervous glance over his shoulder. So he's like, so uh, you, uh, you going to let me go after this? <laughs> we'll see what use you can serve. Uh, this goes back to digging and then um leans down drags his friend's body over this way mm. actually is there anything useful on his body before i just toss it in a ditch <laughs> make an awareness test <laughs> nope all right oh nothing i'll ask him is did he have anything useful on him before we bury him well he's got uh Probably, I, I look uh, at him fiercely and say, remember, there are severe penalties for lying. I don't know. I mean, like, I could check him. 
didn't really know the guy. So he um looks through his stuff. He's like, I mean, you got this. He holds up a um, multi-tool. Uh, yeah. As he was doing the searching, he saw him palm something and put it into his own pocket. Oh. Mm. I draw my chainsword again and say, what did you put in your pocket, sir? sir. He uh, reaches into his pocket slowly, pulls out, and he's got a grenade in his hand. Oh, jeez. I wouldn't come any closer. This is not an imperial grenade. This is sort of an oblong, bluish one with some strange runes on it you've never seen. His fingers hovering over an activation stud. I look him uh, straight in the eye and say, Do you really want to test a man who's ready to die? I am a member of the Imperial Inquisition. This is foolishness. His eyes just go super wide. (laughs) Even if you escape me alive, more will come. He uh, hits the activation stud, drops it, and starts sprinting as fast as he can. <laughs> All right, can I make an attack on him? <laughs> uh, yes, you can. All right, do I have to um, charge, or can I lightning strike him? I can lightning attack him. You've got a standard attack, or um, you could do lightning attack. Although I think, actually, you don't really have time if he's just turning and running. So can I charge him and then attack them? Uh, this is just like an attack of opportunity as he's... All right running. So just standard attack. So that's plus 10. Alright. Does not dodge. Do <laughs> damage. Alright, 12. Let's see, so you hit him where? 15, the body. So he turns and runs, you slash him right across the back, and he falls and stumbles to the ground, almost dead, and starts trying to pull himself away. And then you see the grenade glow white hot. Uh, can make I dodge? Your, make a dodge test. <laughs> this was poor decision making. Oh, come on. All right. Ah. I'll spend a fate point. Ah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> save me. Save my lips. You dive and you just as um the grenade explodes in a white hot ball of plasma the um dude who had uh, pulled the grenade is very very dead you just make it out before it leaves a glowing red hot crater oh god the stone cools very slowly everything and, uh, that was useful on those guys is probably incinerated with them <laughs> half the other guy's body is still there Oh, the um, original guy, or the... It, half uh, of the guy you cut in half is still there. The other <laughs> half was in the blast radius. <laughs> did I get the multi-tool before uh, that, all that? Uh, yes, you did. Nice. So at least I have the, that. The multi-tool gives you a bonus to tech use tests. Plus nice. 10. Awesome. I guess I'll search over the remnants of the body again one more time before taking the bike and leaving. <laughs> <laughs> you find... Um, keys to the bike as well as a little box of low sticks and a lighter yeah um, take those. plus um his las gun plus two charge packs for it uh, does anyone need charge packs I don't uh, really need. for what Lad? no can i store them on the bike because i don't really need them yeah I'm just leave them on the bike you can tuck them in the bike nice yeah that other guy got incinerated so he's got nothing useful on him um <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, the so, explosion kicked up a whole bunch of dust, and there's like gravel that skittered down the hill below you, all over the place. 
not like avalanche level, but a whole lot so, of uh, tumbling scree. I uh, hop on the bike, close up the cargo, and uh, head off to Hangar 17. Ring, ding, ding, ding. All right. Make a, uh, a navigate surface test to figure out exactly which way to go. Oh, this is bad. Can I use perception or do I have to use intelligence? Intelligence. All right, surface. Any plus or minus? No. I'll give you plus 20 because you got an aerial view of everything on your way up. Nice. Nope. <laughs> ah. You start going down the wrong direction of road, and <laughs> it is a good half hour before you realize this. <laughs> uh... You realize you're going the wrong way when you encounter um, the rest of the party. Um... Oh, God, no. <laughs> it's like, hi, fancy seeing you here. <laughs> Wait a minute. Which way to the hive? <laughs> The winding paths between the canyon make it actually quite difficult to figure out which way you're supposed to go. Do I see them first, or do they see me first? You see them, and you realize they're probably not where the hive is. I should turn around and go the other way. <laughs> so you run in the opposite direction from the closest thing you had to friends. <laughs> I gotta go make a delivery. Yes. I don't want to raise suspicion. And see, you can't really take their uniforms, because you have half of one that's covered in blood. Yeah, I'm just going to hope that uh, they don't care. <laughs> All right, so you chug away off. So hopefully those guys weren't innocent. <laughs> they didn't sound very innocent to me. As this is happening, um, as you guys are coming out of the cave system that housed the reactors, you see sort of like a plume of dust up on one of the cliff faces ahead. And it looks like there's like a bike running along one of the pathways. But pretty soon turns around a corner heading back towards the hive. No, I just ask my friend. I just like face them. Did anyone else just see that or am I seeing things again? Again. The purple baboon on your shoulder says no one else saw anything. Okay. <laughs> the rest of the party is close to me, right? Yeah. Oh, well, rest of the party being Martin and Natalie. Yeah. I point that out to them. Since we're heading in that direction, should we check that out? Wait, did we actually know it was Zarkov, or it was just... He hasn't told you anything yet, so no. Well, okay, fine. Let's investigate closer, I guess. You guys don't actually know what happened to Zarkov. Yeah, no, As far no. as you know, he's still up in the hive. Is the hive within microbead range? No, the hive isn't. We'll have to tell Zarkov as soon as we're back in range, but right now we have to get towards that explosion. <laughs> you actually, you didn't see the explosion. What you saw was the bike. The explosion was too far away. We must have heard it, though. It was sort of like a dull, like, echoing boom, but you've heard a couple of those from mining operations already. Yeah. So it didn't seem um, out of place. Well, we knew Zarkov was going to be following us down anyway. We don't know where he is, but we can always try the microbead and see if he's in range. Mm -hmm. That'd be funny. <laughs> the microbeads, I think, have about a kilometer range. Mm -hmm. But what about, um, what's the range on the bendy spoon telepathy? Less than a kilometer. Um, I can't receive telepathy anyways. I'm untouchable. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was actually just more curious about whether he could sense you at all. Oh, <laughs> do you feel vomit rising in your gullet? I'm nearby. 
Maybe if it made a Cinescience roll. I have no idea if that would actually detect you at this range, though. Cinescience yeah, is a pretty long range, but um, yeah. having looked it up, Cinescience is for, like, detecting warp phenomena, and untouchables are, like, a blank. So to Cinescience, they're basically invisible. The way oh. you detect untouchables with Cinescience is you see a person, you look through Cinescience and see that there's nothing resembling a soul where they are. And then you're like, whoa, I feel sick. He has no soul. This is weird. Soulless freak. Mm-hmm. And you just feel weird around them, even without Cinescience. So actually finding an untouchable just with Cinescience is very, very difficult. I guess uh, after telling the party that we should go investigate that, I, I try the microbead and I say, uh, I don't know if you're in range, but we're checking something out on uh, these coordinates. And I dispense exactly where we are and what direction we're heading in. Um, Zarkov, you just I, turned away from those coordinates. Do I hear the, the microbead um, thing? Yes, you are in microbead range at this point, but it's, uh, it's right. a little bit fuzzy. I stop for a moment, so I make sure that I stay in range while I relay this, and I quickly just go, uh, don't worry there, 10-4, buddy. That was uh, me having a little bit of a party with some locals. Uh, the party went south. Um <laughs> About to go do a transaction with what may be heretics. Um, hopefully, I come back alive. <laughs> yeah. If I don't go, they'll know that something happened to the shipment, and they'll be go looking for people. They'll find the bodies. Shipment bodies. Oh. What? <laughs> Have you not heard of the word subtlety, my men? What are you doing up there? Well, it's only half a body. The other one and a half body is uh, removed. I buried the half though. <laughs> Oh, and God. I took the bike. There's no evidence, hopefully. I made it. also a beautiful-looking glass sculpture a little ways up. <laughs> well, um, here's the thing, though. If Natalie knows what we found, that would probably be helpful, wouldn't it? Zarkov, you know who Natalie is, but you don't know why they're talking about telling her what they've found. Oh, yeah, there is that. Um... <laughs> Have you revealed yourself? Speaking of subtleties, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. I mean, we really should do this in person, even though these things only have a one kilometer range. We don't want to spill the beans over them, I think. Actually, Zarkov, there's a Vox caster on the bike. Ah. Is that more oh. secure or something? No, oh, it just right. can. It has a much longer range, like can go from the surface up to ships in orbit range. Oh, okay. Which is very nice. Voxcasters are like at least 100 kilometers range. It's what the Imperial Guard used to communicate. If you want to drive, you can get up there pretty quickly. Do we have a car, though? Um, yes, you can get a car. There's um, mining. It's more like a um, personnel okay, transport buggy. Staying close is probably a good idea, but I probably wouldn't follow me into the hangar because they're only expecting like one dude. Yeah, no, of course, but... Well, actually, aren't they expecting two? We don't know, do we? Well, he said he just wanted a ride back with him. Oh, this he is wasn't true. A... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't think we have to worry about Natalie's two underlings, but otherwise, yeah, we just hook up. It'd be the best because you actually have something to show us. Zarkov, at this point, you remember when you were flying down, there's really not an easy way to get back up by land vehicle. Um, oh, so you need, like, a flying vehicle? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you also remember that as you were flying down, you saw below the noble area in the main commercial district, there was like a large number of hangars that were open to the air. They had painted numbers over above them, and you're pretty sure you've got an idea of where number 17 is. Oh, okay. Actually, you're quite sure that you saw number 17 as you flew past it. So you were saying that uh, we probably should meet up, then take an actual flying vehicle together into the hangar, or because there's no way to get there by land. So should I just turn around and head to you guys? All right. Yes, come to us before you do any more damage. (laughs) (laughs) The perfect attitude to have towards our untouchable. (laughs) Damn soulless my (laughs) I don't have, like, blood on me, do I? Probably. Probably. Um, You have a significant amount of blood. Oh. You could clean it up, though. You should have stolen one of those ponchos. No, because remember, they both got destroyed besides half of one guy. So I oh, yeah, this joke. is true. I was just trying to make put a on half blood, of a blood brain joke kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, I guess I just show up. I don't really care. Zarkov doesn't care too much for cleanliness, so he doesn't clean himself up right away. No, I guess he would have because he was going to the cargo hold, so I cleaned myself Yeah, you, you you probably shouldn't walk in covered in blood. Yeah, mm-hmm. all right. Anyway, I come say hi to the party. What up? You are reunited. Zarkov comes with like a spattered pattern like around this area of blood that has dried by this point. His chain sword has some blood on it. <laughs> and he's driving this bike. The bike has a lot of blood splattered all over the seat area. (laughs) This was probably not Zarkov's bike originally. What makes you say that, Eric? (laughs) Because there are at least five systems that refuse to give Zarkov a vehicle owner's license. Do they also notice the grab sheet I have? It's like, oh, Zarkov, you have all these new things. (laughs) Zarkov's been shopping. (laughs) Yeah. He only plays the iron price for his goods. Uh, uh, Okay, someone get the OxyClean. Clean it off. Is there, like, water or something to clean it up with? There's an industrial solvent uh, you can use. I grab that. Is there, like, a sponge or something with it? (laughs) Martin, one of your mechadendrites has, like, injector pistons for, like, some kind of liquid in it, right? Yeah, one with basically the emperor's wd-40 and the other one has like a bunch of drugs in it Mm -hmm. the injector pistons containing the emperor's wd-40 could also be repurposed to have this little solvent in it and then you could apply it on pretty effectively to clean up it's like super industrial strength bleach it'll clean up every basically anything (laughs) oh sweet all right including like dirt caked gross mining equipment So, you can clean up Zarkov a bit if you want. Are there any witnesses to this? Like, is there anyone around? Well, there's, just um, there's a lot of technical workers who are all basically minding their own business. Because uh, if they, like, take a look over, Natalie's two um, guards that she brought with her say, like, back to work, you. You get no more than a couple curious glances. Yeah. I can just imagine... Mechadendrite popping out and it just being like one of those tied eraser uh, pens. <laughs> Removes stains, guaranteed. <laughs> Even Zarkov the toughest he knows blood. Yeah, he sparkles all over his chest. 
<laughs> Turbulent juice. Right. Zerkov, you don't think your outfit's been this clean since you got out of the hive. <laughs> uh, you feel great. Finish off with a little brush on the epaulets. <laughs> Cleaned up sufficiently. The bike is clean, too. At this point, you hear um, the rumble of thunder off in the distance. Oh, storms. With storms reapproaching. As soon as the first rumble of thunder is heard, a couple technicians run over to a, um, it's like essentially a um, metal cylinder thing that's bolted into the ground. It has a big crank wheel on the side, and uh, the two of them grab onto the wheel and start cranking it. And then the largest lightning rod you've ever seen extends out of it and starts going into the sky. And you look around, and uh, from all the other mining installations out, you can see they're cranking these lightning rods up into the air. Must protect themselves. Yeah, it'd be cool if you could actually harness energy from that part, but I bet that's kind of intense. You see there's cables coming off of it going into a generator area, so it looks like that's exactly what they're doing. Damn, I've thought about that concept before and just like how massive the capacitors you would have to have. They're hold a lightning bolt. Only in enormous capacitors and this stuff. It's um, this is a highly polished operation. They're clearly accustomed to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Natalie's like, if we're planning to get back to the hive, we better go fast. Oh, Otherwise, sure. we're going to be down here for the rest of the night. So, do we want to wait until we're in private to have the show and tell, or has that already taken place? I mean, she might actually have knowledge of what the uh, chemical is. Exactly. Mm, so you um, update each other on all the goings on. Yeah. During that time, can we get to a ship and start heading there before we examine it, or does it not take that much time? It's going to take a while to, if you want to make a detailed inspection of all these, because they're all individually packaged with very carefully inserted bubble wrap and whatnot all around. Yeah. Um, some of these are in wood inlaid boxes, others in metal um, unitorum issue ammunition crates. So there's even like a little stasis pod that's closed with a do not open under any circumstances label on the front of it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave that to the tech priests. Yeah, why don't, we can always just sit in the ship. What's the point? So you're going to be um, hightailing it back towards the hive or launching area for yeah. ships? Or are you going to be trying to wait it out down here? Uh, we'll head back. Okay. So, so Natalie's not going to question how he got down here? <laughs> she, she sees the grav shoot on your back. Oh, and, uh, that's she, self-explanatory. She knows how you got down here. It's impossible to tell whether that grab shoot was legally yours. Um, it's not, but she doesn't know that. So you, um, Zarkov, why don't you make an operate surface test? Because you're trying to get there fast. So make an operate surface test to drive your little trike up the um, scree-laden slopes. Sweet. You try and uh, at one point you like make a turn down one of the mining pits, but then the people from the car like wave at you like, hey, you, this way. You turn around and go back along with them. Um, <laughs> but you um, go at breakneck pace around the corners and uh, you keep the bike in control. Nice. As you reach the um, landing area where you originally were, you can see 
lightning starting to flash off in the distance. The sky is turning green, and there's like a wall of storm clouds advancing towards the hive. Ouch. And uh, the wind is starting to pick up. <laughs> so you, you get out of the vehicles, and um, Natalie's like yells and waves at some of the um, lander crew, like, go, 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 we've got to get out of here now. <laughs> and there's enough space for you to... Um, wheel the bike up and lash it down inside the cargo hold as you guys all sit into the sides and lock into the um crash seats all right all right you get into it and uh as soon as everyone's in then the engines roar into life and the acula lander blasts upwards all of you make toughness tests tyrus you don't need to because you're accustomed to this sort of thing being void born but everyone else the uh sudden acceleration of lander is very jarring so straight toughness? Yeah. Oh, I fail. Zarkov, take four levels of fatigue. <laughs> Please. Martin's all right, though. But you guys uh, rock it up towards the hive. Do you want to make a detour to um, conduct this meeting? We gotta. Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. As you guys move in there, you you shout the instructions up to the pilot. Natalie suggests that you not fly the shuttle bearing the royal seal of House Corvus right up into the place you're supposed to be meeting smugglers. Yeah. And instead go to an adjacent hangar, perhaps. That makes sense. (laughs) So you do that, and um, you pull into (laughs) hangar 18. You all get out of that um, lander. Zarkov a little bit wobbly on his feet. (laughs) Natalie team is fine because she's made trips like this many times. The area is a uh, bustling commercial port. All the ships are like flying in, and as you guys land, they're starting to lower the blast doors over the hangar. So we land in an adjacent one. We have to head over to seventeen, right? Yeah. So I guess I start <laughs> making my way over there. What about the rest of you? Anyway, is going to join me. I ask, will they question things if they see more people? Well, we could have one person go forward and the other people hide until uh, either stuff goes poorly or positively. Well, I really can't because I'm kind of conspicuous. (laughs) You should hang back to uh, protect uh, Natalie Corvus. We can't just leave leave her unattended. Because you know that's going to happen if we all leave. We're going to find our only ally. Dead. Yeah, so. Alright, fine. Then me and Tyrus will go and she'll stay. You know, you'll stay with Natalie. Sounds good. Yeah. Although, after I suggest this, I realize this means that I have to go with you alone. <laughs> Zarka <laughs> doesn't mind, so. <laughs> I annoyingly say, let us proceed then. Alright, so, um, you guys transition into Hangar 17. It's just about as busy as. Hangar 18 was. There's a big cargo 10 rolling with a whole, like, engine on the back of it. You hear crew talking about how, like, a flying chunk of metal hit and tore off one of the engines as they were making their way in, just as the storm was pulling in, and they're having to replace the entire engine. You look around, um, you see, uh, under one, like, um, access tunnel, you see, um, Cedric Montessa, he was one of Eldrick Marin's lackeys, and he was the point of contact for the faceless trade. He was suspected to be the origin point 
and he's standing there with a couple of his own retinue, sort of like looking around, tapping his foot. Who's grouped together with who at this point? Tyrus, are you going to walk straight up with me? Or yeah, I'm, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, I guess. I guess he's on the bike with me. And then um, Martin's with uh, Natalie. Uh, okay, cool. So the, they're hanging back a bit. Um, and Natalie's got two of her house guards with her. So you, you guys um, busy yourselves with chatting amongst the people. You notice, Martin, that there's a number of workers that um, give a friendly hello to Natalie as they go by. No, she returns their hellos. And um, Zarkov and Tyrus, you go over towards Cedric. He looks up at you. He's like, well, about time you showed up. You're late. I'm sorry we're late. We had to make sure that we weren't followed. Mm. Well, that's important, I suppose. Just be quicker about it next time. Of course, probably. You got the product? He leads in close. Of course. You see, with him, he's got a um, person who's like a actually a tech priest with like a mechadendrite and a little auspex scanner in hand plus um two guys just wearing nondescript combat armor and las guns like hired bodyguards and a guy with an auto quill as well looks like a scholarly fellow in robes yeah i guess uh no reason not to give him the goods right well he's got quite a little retinue all right, yeah, so I guess we just hand it over. Um, you get uh, all the things. Um, Actually, is there any way you could place a tracker in it? In the crate, at least? Do you have one? I doubt it. If you have one, absolutely. Uh, I doubt I have. I should have something like that, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. one thing I forgot to mention, at the beginning of the session, I went into the other book that Eric gave me, and I bought the minor psychic power suggestion. Mm. <laughs> now, there's a couple things that could happen here. If you guys are not afraid of perils of the warp, I could use that, or I could even just use dominate and just say, tell me where this is going. Uh, and if that works, then just use erasure and just erase the fact that he told me and then say, okay, we'll be on our merry way then. Okay. So, wait, with suggestion versus dominate, what would you suggest? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Actually, I haven't added that to my cheat sheet, so can you just give me a quick stat rundown of that? Let me pull it up. Let me open up the enemies within the book. Convincer is the target of a small but potentially important lie. Target opposes this with a challenging willpower test, which the GM should modify based on the credibility and scope of the lie. For instance, a human psyker might suggest that a guard has already checked his identification but would have no possibility of convincing the same guard that the Saker is a space marine. If you were to do something like, you should tell me where the stuff is going, perhaps. So you come up with how to like phrase it, and I'll tell the difficulty. Basically, what the power does is you convince the target that some lie is true, absolutely, without any chance of refuting it. So what, what are you convincing him with this power? So the contents of the case are highly volatile, and I need to know that they're not going any place where the temperature isn't adequate for their storage. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Not bad. I, I need to make okay. sure they don't get too hot. They don't get too hot or too cold. You know, I mean, it's very dangerous. Okay, then make um. So range is one meter times psi rating. As you're like handing the stuff over, you can move so that you're within one meter of them. 
Okay, so I'll drop my psi rating down to one. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, yep, he very much fails. You rolled a 77, which is a <laughs> Perils of the Warp. Good job, he... Matt! <laughs> Roll a uh, D percent for me, then. 28 minus 5 gets you to 23. <laughs> Spoilage, food and drink go bad in a 5 to 10 meter radius. Again. <sighs> they just don't let Tyrus near the food pantry anymore. <laughs> Never again. Alright. <laughs> of all the perils of the warp I could have gotten, I get this. Always again. that one. Could be worse. You could summon demons. That's great, though, actually. Um, it couldn't have been a better one, because it's like the other two you could have gotten would have done like large gusts of wind and complete darkness, which is like really noticeable. Um, yeah. And also, we probably just spoiled any Xenos food or drink that is in that crate. No Xenos wine for you, heretics. Well, wait, did, we actually, did, did we actually think that there was food in there? Oh, there's no doubt in my mind. There could have been. Something I, I thought there was just, like, weird weapons and stuff. There might be food. There's a lot alien, of stuff in there. Alien ingredients. If there is food in there, it's Xenos food, which, I mean, I don't even know if it spoils the same way that... <laughs> it doesn't does. matter. <laughs> it's heretic food. Yeah. Hopefully they'll get botulism and die. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't All ruin right. any, like, so, um, super valuable cases of wine that they happen to have in there. All right, so you, you okay, do your psyche, yeah. psyche, bendy spoon. Like, yeah, so we just need to make sure that it's going somewhere where uh, we know the temperature will be safe. And so the noble's like, oh, it's you shouldn't worry about that. We're bringing it up to the spires. We have lots of climate control there. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it. It's not, really, it's not terribly specific. Another time? Should I just use dominate? <laughs> Again, the problem, if I do use dominate, that means that I have to use erasure afterwards. So that's another whole chance of screwing up. Plus, it's not just him. He has guards with him as well, right? Uh, yes. So I'd have to use erasure on all of them. Mm-hmm. You're kind that's... of tucked off to the side, but you're in like a commercial spaceport area. Yeah, I probably wouldn't risk it. Yeah, there's too many rolls. It's going to go wrong. <laughs> you can try uh, suggestion again with a different um, suggestion. Uh, can anyone think of anything more credible that might lead to more detailed information? Could convince them you were in, you've been instructed to personally escort it. That seems like you would just get him killed. Yeah, that's, that's another why, again, I went... I don't know, Matt, what do you think? It may be a bit on the nose, but how about... I was going to say, just, oh, I need to know where this is going. But that's still not a lie that you're convincing. <laughs> that, well, that's that's lie, still a lie that works. Is that he needs to know this information. I mean, like, in the current state of affairs, he absolutely doesn't think that the smuggler he's picking stuff up needs to know where it's going. Mm-hmm. But you could persuade him that that's could, something uh, he needs to tell you. Okay. I could say something like, if you ever expect to do business again, I need to know where this is going and who mm-hmm. it's going to. That's a little better. Mm-hmm. I like to know a little bit more about my clients in this business. Okay. Is that what you're going with? Uh, yeah. So he's going to get um, plus 10 to his willpower check. That, cause that's a little far-fetched, but still believable. Uh, so make another test. 
for focusing your powers. Alright. He's like, well, huh, I suppose, um, I suppose, yeah, it's, um, it's going into an auction at the, um, Masquerade Ball coming up this weekend. Tomorrow, in fact. If your master is interested in, um, attending himself, it seems a little strange, but I suppose I could, um, make accommodations for him. And he, uh, pats his pocket a bit and then looks over at his adept friend who's got the quill. We got an extra invitation somewhere, don't we? Yeah, give me, give me one of those. And the, uh, adept looks very confused. He's, um, sir, um, you sure you want to give out one of these things to just random smuggler? He's like, yes, it, I absolutely do. This is important. Come on, give me another one. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine, sir. He reaches in and pulls out a card printed on gold leaf. Oh, God. So it's about like a business card size. It's a, an invitation to a, um, a gallery of most exquisite delights for the uh, most discerning customers. Bring this card to the masquerade ball and present it to the appropriate individuals and you will be um, escorted to where the auction will be held. How will I know these individuals? How will I recognize them? Ensure that the card is tucked into one of your waistcoat pockets with the top visible. The uh, appropriate people will come to you at the right time. Oh, very good. Then I will present this to my captain right away. Yes, sir. He is a valuable business partner. I'd hate to lose his cooperation. Very so, good. So I just take the card, and I guess we don't need the trike anymore, right? Do we just leave that, or John? Oh, I we... want the trike. I want it. <laughs> we hop back in the trike and head in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the exchange is complete. But I called uh, it. They're, they're seems, saying the most. Seems ex- legit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> seems like a trustworthy fellow. Yeah, just give him an invitation. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, so um, man. Too good. The, but, the um, vehicle in question is an Aelorus Heavy Trike, which I can give you the stats for later. Um, yeah. It uh, can um, go at a cruising speed of 80 kilometers per hour, which is pretty nice. Nice. Typically, in its standard configuration, there's... um three points on it which can either be a seat or 100 kilograms of cargo the um manufacturer markets a um a turret you can attach the top of it one of the passengers can operate it which is basically a twin linked auto gun turret to pop on the top of it if you wish and this one's more like dull gray color it's not particularly flashy um and it's got a lot of weathering and mud stains around the um wheel wells very heavily used vehicle, but Marty get to work. Polish, <laughs> yes. So it's here's what you got. I was actually looking over all the vehicle rules the other night, and it's kind of terrifying what happens to you if there's a fire. Yeah. Oh yes, it's awful. Also, um, we, we this is a uh, car, and you should put a heavy bolter in it <laughs> on the trike. Yeah. Oh, like a sidecar. <laughs> oh, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, actually, if it has a sidecar, the, the trike is not big enough for a heavy bolter, as is. Uh, um, stuff. If you were to fabricate a sidecar for it and then attach a heavy bolter to that, maybe. That's what I'm saying. I can drive it, and then you could just have like Martin in the side, just like. 
Currently, if you take out all the cargo room, you can fit the driver plus three passengers in it. Oh. Uh, and one of the passengers can fire the twin-linked auto guns if they wish, if you get a hold of twin-linked auto guns. But if you want to mount basically anything heavier than a basic weapon... Well, um, what about like a heavy stubber? The trike is a little bit light to handle the recoil of a heavy stubber on the top of it. I mean, eh, um, is the like auto, guns, auto guns are like rifle-sized. Um, yeah, I know. And heavy stubber is like a 50 cal machine gun. Yeah, I know. So... It's a little bit big for that trike, but um, anything yeah. that's like basic weapon size, you could potentially rig up to attach the top. Grenade launcher. Yep, <laughs> grenade launcher. So we do a grenade launcher on the trike and then make a sidecar with a heavy bolter. <laughs> Ring, <laughs> we have a whole party on that. <laughs> That'd be silly. Couldn't we, though? You said it was, it was big enough if you got rid of the cargo for one person to drive and then three passengers? Yes, you oh, could boy. fit the whole party on it. Yeah, so, so does I. Yes, we can do it! The, uh, the gun perfect. cutter does have enough hold space to hold the trike inside of it. And you wanted to get rid of it, Matt. I'm <laughs> well, sorry that I worries. It's okay. I'm just parties, uh, but our presence on this planet is somewhat compromised. Yeah, it's not as bad as the last one. Matt, he seemed pretty legit to that guy, so he gave you a invitation to a highly exclusive auction. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some weird stuff going on. Also, as you're walking away, then um. You hear, like, the adept going, like, but didn't we just give away your invitation? And he's like, but no, don't worry about it. I'll just talk to Eldrick. He'll get me another one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Marin was the house that was under suspicion, but it looks like uh, Oberon is uh, a little bit shifty as well. This guy that you were just dealing with, Cedric, he is one of Eldrick Marin's cronies, Basically, and so he's from a minor house that is closely aligned with House Marin. Uh, but the ball is hosted by Oberon, right? Wait, yes, it so is. The ball is hosted guys. by House Oberon. Was that Montessa? Ha- house Montessa is one of the minor houses. By the way, at this point, it's like eight thirty p.m. Mm. So it's it's like well past dinner time. That is where um, Natalie takes you guys. You go back to Ravenhold for dinner. Or you can go back to House Oberon's villa for dinner. Uh, I think maybe make that up when Keto's here. What's the date of the ball from now? Tomorrow. Okay. Okay, well, um, I think this is a good time to wrap things up. So you get 150 experience for today. There's now... um. One less smuggler in the world. Well, two Three less. less. Yeah. And uh, Zarkov got a new bike. <laughs> also, you got an invitation to a highly exclusive auction. You mean Martin um, got a new bike? Yeah. yeah. Martin. <laughs> Actually, Martin got the bike to fix it up. Um, yeah, yeah. Zarkov is... I just got the privilege of riding it. Zarkov technically acquired it for the party. Yeah. Um, well... I can just imagine uh, Zarkov walking around with it like, make me new trick, and then just Martin just being like, you are not to be trusted with the masterwork of the Messiah. <laughs> Some bullshit. 
This vehicle requires maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> you will not care for it properly. Starts so like riveting and everything, <laughs> like cleaning yeah. it off. So all we need now is a Xerox machine to make enough copies of those golden tickets. Did you write down that you got that in your inventory, Matt? The the golden ticket. Uh, I will update that now. Yeah. All right. But yes, it was uh, very nice playing with you guys today. Mm-hmm. All right. Have a good night, guys. Yes. Good Have a good night to all of you as well. Burn the heretic. Burn the, Burn the heretic. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find us online at itsprobablyheresy.wordpress.com. And if you see anything heretical, you can contact the Acolytes at itsprobablyheresy at gmail.com. Ring, ding, 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 ding. Soulless freak. <laughs>